This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Good job by Callahan. Good job by you. I really do enjoy Andrew's perspective. Like he's really informed. Like he's like the Andrew Callahan from the Herald. To me, he's like the cutting edge of the next wave of Pete. He and like Evan Lazar, they do a great job breaking things down in their own distinct ways. But like he's on the forefront, the cutting edge of like that next generation of Patriots reporters. I think uh, our media, our coverage and our analysis is in good hands with guys like uh, Andrew Callahan, you enjoyed. Spe- it sounded like you genuinely enjoyed speaking with him as well. Uh, I did because, well, he's he's definitely um, comes at a little different angle than I do. Obviously, yes. definitely yep. a little more analytical, analytics-driven, uh-huh. modern numbers. And I, but he does it to me in a better way than some. In that he weaves it in. It is not the foundation of his opinion. Yes, it is sort of an argument that backs up his opinion or solidifies. So. No, I do. And for me, the, the biggest thing is I, I love his energy. Like, I think he cares. I think he brings energy to the discussion, the debate, the analysis. And that's the first person, the first thing I look for in, in a reporter. Okay. Well, uh, I would like to bring some energy and some perspective to this conversation, to our preview and predictions for this game. Can big I just Nick say energy. right now, you're, I'm going to bring some big Nick energy right now. That's right. Damn right. I am now currently suffering from something I am calling Oof. Offensive analysis fatigue. I am sick and tired of talking about Orlovsky said this. Oh, but uh, next gen said that. Oh, if you look at the all 22, is it Patricia? Is it Mac Jones? What role does Joe Judge have? Belichick could step in and fix. I am the receivers. They're not open. The hitch, the go, the spatial ratio. Enough. Enough. Like, I, I, I think I'd like to speak on behalf of anyone who watches or covers or roots for this team. Enough of all of the passing of the buck and or trying to figure out who to blame. Get on the same page. Find a way to advance the ball and stop literally pulling everyone backwards through 2021, back behind 2021, back behind 22 into 21 back to 2020 like this team is making massive massive steps in the wrong direction it is a group regression and whoever and however they fix it they need to do it and i know the jets isn't the team to try to have a get right game against andy tough shit you have to play who's on the schedule out of the bye you're against an angry jets team that's got one of the five best defenses in my estimation in the nfl Them's the card you were dealt. This is your hand. Play it. Win. 
So have you ever had a laptop that is getting old and it's really starting to run slow and suck and sometimes it kind of crashes and you do the old, well, guess I'll unplug it, plug it back in, pull the battery, press power, cross my fingers and say, please work, please work. I don't really want to go spend 1500 bucks on a new laptop today. To me, that's yeah, that's that's topic. usually when I take that's usually when I actually uh, take a week off of drinking beer and exercise more. <laughs> to me, that's the Patriots offense right now. I have no reason no. to believe this laptop's going to work better when I plug it back in. But I'm really just hopeful that something weird inside that laptop kind of like clicks and goes back to the way it used to be a couple of years earlier before. Maybe I downloaded too much porn or went to some shady dark websites. Whoa. Or, you just, whoa, whoa, you never download me. You could just have trackers on there. There could be just a lot anything. of like. I went to Brady's FTX website, like it totally oh. got porked there and that Ponzi scheme. Like, so I, that is, I don't really know why you would have this great faith that basically they had two extra practices over the last bye week. And that it's going to just magically be better. Oh, David Andrews is back. So everything will be solved. You know, Kyle Duggar, Christian Barmore, the defense. The defense isn't the problem. The defense is fine. The defense is going to take a step back because I think the competition is going to increase. But the defense will still be the better part of your team. The offense, the oof, the Matt Patricia. We did an interview on WEEI today uh, when I was working with uh, Gresh and Keith filling in for Gresh. Michael Irvin is like, I never doubted Belichick ever before. But this time, oh, my God, you screwed this up. Like, it's it's not working. You put Matt Patricia in a position to fail. You put your offense in a position to fail. So it's like the dream of it being a good offense is old yeller. The bullet has already been fired. It is dead. You just need to say, can, can we somehow stay above water, right? Just, just be good enough. Suck less, as uh, Lou Merloni likes to say. Suck just a little Turn the ball over less, get sacked less, less penalties. Because I don't think it's it's not magically going to be no turnovers, no penalties. Wow, this passing game is really clicking. And whoa, Kendrick Bourne is suddenly 100 yards. No, pull your head out of your dreaming bunghole and just realize you just need a little bit better. And I think that's realistic. Could that come against the Jets? It's not the perfect scenario where they like to rotate defensive linemen and just get after it and put pressure and – you know, their defense is one of the best in the NFL. It's not a get right game on paper. It is not. But you better find a way to get closer to right or your season is over. And, and we heard uh, when we were talking to Will Parkinson from Turn on the Jets about how his his wish, his almost dream, if you will, is to have the Jets just be boring against the Patriots. Absolutely. Don't turn the ball over. Don't make the mistakes that play into Belichick's hands and give a veteran coach, the savviest coach perhaps in the NFL, the opportunity to capitalize on your mistakes. Actually just go out there, execute a simple game plan, and your talent should be greater than the other team's talent. The Patriots have plenty of talent to be competitive, and I'm sure there are people listening right now or just people in the far reaches of Pat's Nation who are saying, yeah, well, if they're so bad, how come they got a winning record? Or like, oh, they must be so terrible. All I've heard is people complain about them for six months. And yet here they are five and four and they're in the playoffs. The record of the teams they played in the first half was just over 400. They didn't really beat a good team. The only good team they beat per se was the Jets. Mm. And that was because of self-inflicted wounds and the Jets basically sending the game to the Patriots via Amazon Prime. Like if Zach Wilson doesn't throw that game away or John Parker Lewis or John Henry Richard or Robert Louis Stevenson or whatever the hell the three named linemen who committed the roughing the passer against John Mac Wilson. Jones. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, if he doesn't yell Vinny, Vitty, Vicky, Vichy, and then run up and sack Mac Jones after he delivers the ball, that's maybe a blowout season over, and who knows which direction the Patriots are going in now. But I just, I, 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 I think a lot of people just took the time off during the bye. Mac called it. What, what did Mac Jones say? Self audit time. Yeah. Bill Belichick said the coaches had a lot of work to do. Whatever that means. Uh, I took a little time away. Obviously, we had to keep up with the podcast, and there's nonstop chatter on dot, dot com and on the radio. But this week, just going over everyone over analyzing the Patriots and trying to figure out what's wrong. The answer is almost everything on offense is wrong. Outside of Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson, and, and maybe Mike on Wenyu, you got three out of eleven players, twelve, fifteen players total on offense that get a passing grade. Otherwise, everyone gets a borderline F. Like it's. It's clunky. So, all right, how do they, let's say the Patriots go out and play what is the closest thing to an offensively flawless game for them on Sunday? How does that happen? Uh, I think your offensive line looks better in whatever machination it is, whether that's win over at left tackle left and Trent Brown at right and David Andrews obviously back and maybe David Andrews being back pumps up Cole Strange or maybe Cole Strange just needed like a Reset moment of a little rookie wall. Yeah, yes. Um, It starts with that line. It starts with being able to run the football, take away a little bit of the Jets pass rush. It's very cliche. Like it's it's run the football. Don't, as Max said, keep keep away from anything negative, whether it's a two yard loss on a run, a sack, a holding call, a false like you have to. I don't know if you can eliminate them because they've been too frequent, but at least cut back on those negative plays. At least give yourself a chance to stay on script and what you want to do. And then Mac, I think, and I'm a contrarian here. I do think Mac has turned a confidence corner for the better over the last couple of weeks. I think he's on an upward tick emotionally in the buy-in process. I think he bottomed out in the zappy fever replacement the whole thing. It couldn't have things. gotten worse for him than being hearing hearing boos cascading right. down from the fans who supposedly love him and buy his jersey on that Bears game night. So I think he will be better or closer to what, you know, quote unquote, good Mac is or the non-broken Mac is. Um, you're going to need some guys to make plays. We've talked about it a little bit, whether it's Marcus Jones gets a chance on offense, whether it's Kendrick Bourne just Get born the ball, a bubble screen, some of those deep crossers or anything to get him involved because he is a he's a bottle of energy that wants to be positive and wants to contribute and wants to be contagious. Give him an opportunity to do that. He's your closest thing still in my mind to a legitimate playmaker or, or what could be a consistent playmaker. And that's not a shot at Myers. Myers is who he is, but he is who he is. So. I think it starts with the line. I'm really intrigued with the idea of the the win Trent Brown flip-flop. It kind of pisses me off because I think you're kind of giving in to a sulky little bum in win who like didn't bring the positive energy. I was going to say bitch, but it didn't seem professional. So I said bum. Um, it's a podcast, you know. Yeah, it just seemed unprofessional. So I tried to it, avoid it, it, but I just told you I was thinking it. So I'm not sure if I do. He was a bit it. of, he was a bit of a grouse. He's like a, a child, I think. Like he, right. Oh, you're gonna play me on the sulk. I'm gonna suck. I'm gonna get penalties. I'm gonna give up pressures. But we know he can play left tackle. We know Brown can play left tackle. Like Win has been good enough at times mm-hmm. at left tackle. Brown has been good at right. So give in, try that, try to solidify the line. And I do think everything could 
incrementally snowball. This isn't midwinter. This isn't Buffalo snow where they have six feet of snow and we're going to make mm -hmm. the biggest snowball ever. This is like first dusting. Your kids want to go out. The grass is still kind of poking through. But if it's wet enough, you can squeeze a snowball together, roll it, and get a little teeny snowman. That's what they need to do. Snowball in that little bit of a positive direction. Right. Just take take what's given to you. And I think yeah. it's going to involve, obviously, the run game. And they're going to have to get the tight ends involved. Oh, my God. Just hearing on the radio earlier today, or maybe it was a podcast. I don't know where. There's just so much information that flies fast and furious at us. All these facts and figures coming out of Foxborough. It's too much. That's why I said I've got oh, offensive analysis fatigue. But the fact that, like, oh, not only are Hunter and Janu getting paid a, uh, I think the clinical, I think the appropriate term is butt ton of money this year. Yeah. They're owed a butt ton more next year. And they're likely sticking around, especially John U. Smith. So like, if you don't like what you've seen, you better start to like what you've seen or what you're seeing, because it's going to be around for a while. They, like they've got no choice, but to make it work with who they got. There is no trade deadline. There's no farm system. You can call up some like the magic playmaker from how much could you expect out of Taekwon Thornton after he basically regressed the last couple of games heading into the bye? I don't know where the spark is going to come from, but maybe like you said, the spark isn't like, come on guys, we got to make the biggest, most epic snowman ever. Or like, let's build an ice castle. Like, no, be happy. You've got enough to be able to huck a snowball across the driveway and maybe peg your brother in the back and just get a little border war going. That's all you need. The jets are not the team that you're going to lay the lumber to or drop the hammer or smack down on. Like if you win Sunday, chances are, it's going to be a three to seven point win. That's enough to get the confidence building going forward. Then we'll figure out how the hell you stop Minnesota after you squeak by the Jets. Yeah, and, and the team that wins this game is probably going to do it based on their defense, based on which quarterback is a better game manager, you know, avoids mistakes or avoids mistakes the most, you know, maybe has one turnover but doesn't turn it into a turnover-filled day. And, you know, I, I've talked a little bit about this. I do find it interesting that I think – both Mac needs to get back to his roots, which is game manager. And I think Zach Wilson is trying to get Mac level game management as part of his game in year two. Who knows where he is in year four? Maybe he can become Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, you know, off platform and scrambling and arm talent. No, no, no. Right now, just don't F it up like you F'd it up last time you played the Patriots. But um, this should be fun because I do think there's an interesting energy in this game from both teams. The, the yeah. energy that Zach Wilson, your boy, brought post-game last time with his pads on and Harry Hardo and all Your that. boy. Yeah, no, your, boy. Um, your boy. You're the Jets guy. I mean, you love their talent. Oh, just the because I said they had a good draft and just because I think they got a really good chance to win this game this week, suddenly now I'm, you know, I'm yep. Jet. No, you go is my new nickname Jetsy? It's not great. It's I mean, better than nothing. I mean, it did. was. Um, you saw what I did. That wasn't bad. It, it, it was fine. I wouldn't really take go home with it. I mean, I'm, I I would prefer not to be known as Jetsy at this point. I mean, yeah. Um, but it's this is this is a passionate but not pretty game. I think is the way I would phrase it. And talking to some of the players this week, they feel it like there's there's not pressure, but there's like a, a sense of urgency. They know the situation, even though they're taking it one game at a time. They're not going to allow themselves to look at the three games in twelve days or the second half schedule, whatever. I think they know the sense of urgency is there, but there also has to be some confidence. I'm sorry. It's not an accident. You beat a team 13 times in a row. That is not an accident. You don't mm -hmm. stumble into 13 game winning streaks against a team. You have some advantages 
and you need to continue to maximize those. And maybe just maybe the young Jets overthink this, try too hard, care too much. You know, I, I said to Tom Kern on TV the other night, you may remember this game. There was a Patriots at Jets game eight years ago, might have been 10 years ago now, it was a while, mm -hmm. where the Patriots changed everything offensively. They had been scuffling. They came out. Every player had wristbands. They changed the way they called plays. They were using whiteboards. They were holding up on the things they had never done before. And it was a poop show. It did not work. And they had to, it was like, well, why are you doing this? And it was, I think it might've been coming out of a buy actually. And okay. it's like, you can try too hard. You can think too much. Mm -hmm. And I think the Jets have to be careful not to do that. I actually think the Jets are good enough that it's a very simple game plan. Play our game and we win. Just play our game. Like, we don't have to go do something crazy. Correct. Our defense is really good. Our offense is good enough. This is not going to be a shootout as long as we don't make it a shootout with turnovers and dumb plays. Like, we're good enough to play Jets football under Robert Sala and win this game. And if they do that, well, then I don't know what the hell's going on. But I, I'm also going to tell you something else. I learned a lesson. Oh, oh, it's lesson. It's a new uh, new feature on the podcast. Lesson time with Uncle Andy. So remember when I picked? They they call me Uncle Doodoo. Um, just so you know. So we'll stick with Uncle Andy. Okay. Yeah. But remember when I picked the uh, Lions and Jared Goff to come into Gillette Stadium and win? Oh, I sure do. I'm that. Well, we're going to give you a season-ending award for that one. I, as Belichick likes to call them, I am not an error repeater. I learn from my mistakes, and I don't believe in Zach Wilson. I don't believe Zach Wilson is mature enough and ready enough. And part of it is he's banging his mother's friends and he's coming to the podium popping gum and like with his pads still on, he still seems like a bit of a jackal to me, a word I like to use. So I am not going to say that the 13 game win streak ends because Zach Wilson, who's been good on the road, actually, the Jets are four and oh on the road. He's five and yeah. one as a starter, but yep. I don't care. None of that matters. What matters is what Zach Wilson does when he looks across the field at Gillette Stadium and sees Bill Belichick and sees a veteran defense and Crapoli, his pantolis. And I think he will do that yet again. So I am, don't worry about it. I am counting on Zach Wilson to do Zach Wilson things, just like I should have counted on Jared Goff to vomit on himself and be a puddle of his own poo like he was against the Patriots. Doesn't matter how these guys play against other teams. It matters how they play against the Patriots. So give me the damn Patriots to win this game. I am going to say they do get to 20. 20 to 13 Patriots win may not be easy, but it will be energetic. The rivalry is close to back on. The border war is close to back on. But the Patriots remain the hammer. They're just not the really big sledgehammer anymore. They're more of like that little tappy. A little nice ball peen hammer. Like yeah, a little, it's a little yep. like mm -hmm. little short strokes. What, what am I doing? I'm not really sure yet. You lost me at Pantoli Crapoli, but uh, you know whatever works for you, that's fine. Un Uncle Dudu, that get, gets the job done. Uh, I I'm not shy in saying that I think the Jets have made massive strides and amazing progress towards turning their ship around, becoming a good team in the in the division and conference, a relevant team. And in my rundown of how I thought the second half of the season would go, I actually said I thought the Jets could win this game. So I probably should stand by my own oh, words. And then you can feed them to me later on. Because I do not believe Stop that Mac Jones, Matt Patricia, and this offense have done enough to convince me that they're going to, lightning will strike twice and they'll be able to win a game by default against the Jets. The Jets are the team 
that can learn from the mistakes they made in the first game. Whereas what have, what will the Patriots have learned from that game? Like, Hey, uh, you know, Zach Wilson will do Zach Wilson things. They'll do Jetsy things and we'll win. Catch the ball when Zach Wilson throws it to you. Yeah. That's all you got to do to win the game. Um, I, it's a field goal game one way or the other. I'm thinking 2017, 1916. Uh, it's going to be cold, crisp. Going to be like, you know, like an embrace from Andy Hart, you know, icy, very, you know, going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough one. If, if the game goes without a lot of Zach Wilson errors, the Jets fulfill their end of the bargain and they win the game. If the Patriots can play mistake-free football themselves and coax him into one or two errors, some 50-50s, maybe the Pats escape with a dub and won't ever one sleep well in Pats Nation. Score. I you picked the Jets. I picked the Jets. You never said it. Say it one more time. I said I pick the Jets, and I'm not happy about it. That's how unhappy I am with the way this Patriots offense has gone, and I hope they show me up as the fraud you think I am after that are. game on Sunday, and we'll talk about it on the Six Rings postgame show on WEI. That'll do for this episode of Six Rings and Football Things. A big, fat welcome back from the bye. Jets at Patriots preview. Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald. Will Parkinson from Turn on the Jets. Producer Justin Turpin. Jumbo Hart. Your old pal Fitzy GFY. John Elway. Everyone listening. We'd all like to thank each other for being a part of this podcast. Uh, you can always follow us at Six Rings Pod on the socials. Rate, review, subscribe wherever football and awesome podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Pods, Podbean, the Odyssey app, and so much more. We'll talk to you Sunday after Jets and Patriots on the Six Rings postgame show on WEI. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Good day, God bless, and as always, go Pats. See?